Uh, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. It is a Monday evening after what can only be described as an interesting NFL divisional round. Michael McQueen are delighted to be joined by Mark Hogan, who has appeared out of nowhere. Hi, Mark. And also Michaela Fagan. Um, on this Monday, you're most likely folks listening to this on your daily grind on a Tuesday morning. So you know, I, I know you've probably heard enough of divisional round, but definitely give us a wee listen for the crack. Mark, um, Welcome back. Uh, I know you've had a good reason for being away, and I you, you haven't done a runner. I, I got a text the other day going, "Is Hogan left here already?" I'm taking the piss. However, um, before we start off, um, me, me and Michaela obviously had great crack on Sunday morning, chatting about Saturday's games. Is there anything that you'd like to add about those games before we sort of focus on the Sunday games? And obviously, on Saturday, it was a really interesting one with Mahomes going down, um, still getting over the line, and the the Giants obviously being humble big time yeah I mean it doesn't it's not so much the Sunday morning pod that I was disappointed to miss it was the week before that when the Jags were after winning and uh, you know I wanted to talk big time about charges and all this so I mean look the weekend I think played out uh, very much as we expected especially on Saturday night so I wasn't too sad to miss the the Sunday morning one because you know the the Chiefs dumped the Jags out in a fashion that we expected and so too happened with the Giants now I started a new job it's the worst time you could start a new job because of uh, you know I, I wasn't able to delve as deeply into like everything nfl related so i was glad to get back on the podcast but it really was the uh, wildcard weekend that i I really missed out talking about it but like it's not a bad one to come back with these i could not believe that we got the the bills bengals game in the window that we did the early window on sunday because that to me was the standout match of the weekend i know kind of didn't play out like well it did i mean the storyline i guess like the narrative today right is that these games didn't have crazy finishers and that that's what we've become used to in the divisional uh weekend round that like the games have to be insanely close but it's like at the end of the day we're saying standing here monday and i think after the season where a lot of unpredictability was there just because like fluky teams were getting in the best four teams by a long way the four teams that we named back in middle of October, they're the last ones standing. Indeed. I just realized I haven't been in mute for the last minute. So if you heard any weird noises, I do, I do, I do apologize. Mikhail, I'm presuming there haven't been any weird noises on my part. A big welcome to you. You were in the wool shed last night. Uh, how was that experience? Obviously, Jeff Reinbold live at the wool shed next week. Guests, TBC. Yeah, um, that was actually my first time in the wool shed and it nearly actually didn't happen because we were supposed to go for for food in the wool shed. But like a few plans changed. One, one of my friends decided to um, leave for some reason. So we we went and got food somewhere else. But I was like, ah, oh, like, girl, like I was with two girls who do not watch American football. I was like, oh, girls, please. Like, I was actually really looking forward to going into the wool shed because I've never been in. And they're like, OK, like, fine, we don't care. We can go. So we went in and like, I actually love the atmosphere. And I didn't know they had these little like pews, like these seats that are kind of like tiered and the big screen in front of us so you can sit and actually like pretend you're at like a college football game and watch the big screen they just had like the bing the bengals and the bills on like literally every screen it was actually such great crack and we're actually going again for the nfc championship game because that's the early one and 
the friend that I went with is buying 49ers gear. She's ordered her 49ers gear just because her initials are the same as the Fort San Francisco 49ers. Her initials are SF. So I actually really, really enjoyed the whole shed. And I'll definitely, I wish I went more during the regular season, but I know for next time. Hashtag not an advert. It is a great spot to do check it out. Uh, check it out. You probably best folks. I'm sure Michaela's already done this. Ring the wall shed okay. and book a table this week if, yeah. if you are going to go this weekend. Shout out to them. Jeff's there next week. Jeff is in uh, Belfast um, as well next Thursday, which is going to be great crack. Uh, Richard Graves from Sky Sports NFL and myself <laughs> is going to be there. So uh, it's completely sold out. Do not, sorry, the amount of DMs I've got asking for tickets to this is actually nuts. Anyway, let's... Um, Let's jump into the action. It's always difficult when we're looking just at two games, Mark. Um, start off with yourself, sir. Obviously, this Bills-Bengals game. Uh, Lou Anarumo, take a bow, my friend. Joe Burrow in the snow, take a bow. Um, I give the Giants plenty of guff yesterday and on social media for not turning up in Philadelphia. The Bills just couldn't get anything together. It was a, a, a real statement performance by Joe Burrow, you know, it's one thing looking at like numbers and statistics. The confidence that he had, the his his movement out of the pocket was sensational. The passes that he get underway, but more so for me, the defense that was able to take this team to the next level. I was on a podcast earlier on today, and two out of three people on it said the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl, and, and I, I, I just don't see, and I, I, I know, I guess we can talk if you want to sort of interlink this conversation with the Chiefs. I just. As it stands, and we'll, we will preview this towards the end of the week, I just do not see how Joe Burrow, if he plays, and if the, if the Bengals as a team and as a system play that way in Kansas City next week, I don't see how the Chiefs can be a match for them because it's so obvious that Mahomes is not fully fit. But Burrow, Burrow has a case to be looked at in the same way as those guys because the way he played last night was unreal. And the Bills will now look back me and be like, the chances we had, the reality is they were they were they weren't just beaten; they were well beaten by a team that I'd be scared of if I was going to face them in a few weeks. This Bengals team have took another level, mate. I hope that I can get to even half the thoughts that are exploding in my head because of what happened. Because first of all, I've I wish I'd gotten up up on the soapbox more for the Bengals this year. I feel like I was, you know, saying that they were better even the beginning of the year, but like. The difference is like there's no point compare. You know, you said there he's in the same level as those guys, meaning you know Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, uh, Patrick. Mose. It's that they have different intangibles. It's like we know that Justin Herbert is a fantastic quarterback, but then his coach lets him down. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback, but maybe he doesn't have the weapons this year. That it's thanks to the scheme that um Kansas City is able to thrive around him. But when it comes to Joe Burrow, it's that he absolutely is a game winner and I think that's now come through because last year it was that it was a fluke apparently and I just what I'm getting frustrated with is when we were going into the season the storyline was the Rams won't have any kind of Super Bowl hangover but the Bengals will they'll be happy to be there it's like even though they were a phenomenally talented team they're still going to just regress because they were in this tough division and it was all about Baltimore. Okay, granted, uh, Baltimore was different without Lamar, but a lot of people rode off Cincinnati for 
just the f- pure fact that it was the Cincinnati Bengals. It's the same thing will happen to the Houston Texans. It happens to the Detroit Lions. It happens to the Arizona Cardinals. It happens to these small market teams. And Cincinnati has just been tucked away for years that even when they make the playoffs, it's, oh, Andy Dalton uh, was their crooks and they couldn't get past him. But Joe Burrow has ushered in a completely new era. I don't think there's any point comparing to him to any of the others because I think we are in this elite group of young quarterbacks that we didn't know 10 years ago how we were going to navigate through the Tom Brady's um, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Big Ben. We didn't know how we were going to transition out of that. And we have been blessed with first round pick, first round pick, first round pick kind of working out for us where that, that hadn't been happening. Even when you go back as recently as the Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota year and the, the uh, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. I mean, these are only years 2016 and so. So what Joe Burrow is doing with that team and the confidence that he instills, I know he has massive weapons around him. And look, we're going to talk about the team in depth. I do think that they are favorite. I cannot believe the line comes out. And if you go onto my Twitter, you can see there's different threads of conversations happen with some NFL fans, with some uh, Bengals fans and myself, just a, a small group of us. We're kind of talking about this, that I can't believe they went in six point underdogs that game against the Bills. Yes. I, I see no reason at all for it. Like, they're saying that home field advantage is worth what three points nowadays. So they're saying that they like, I just, how do you set that as six points? It's like that game was phenomenally close. I took them straight up on uh, the, on the bookies. And um, one of the things you'll see, if you do check out my tweets is the price of a 49ers Bengals Super Bowl was between 25 and 28 to one. It's like, they like incredible value because they were so underrated and yeah, the defense definitely did step up, step up and I, we'll talk about the Bills in a moment. But I'm as confident now with this Bengals team as I've been even going into the Super Bowl last year because they have been here. I know the narrative now we're going to hear all week is that they've beaten Kansas City three times, that they have their number, that Mahomes is injured. And it's like, yeah, absolutely, Mahomes is injured. But irregardless of that, I think they can capitalize. Like Zach Taylor, for all this thing he got for the first few years in the league, the Bengals are playing out of their skin right now, and they are as talented as everyone. Like, when you break down these rosters, piece for piece, I know the Eagles defense has had a historically good pass rushing year. I know that the best defense this year statistically was the 49ers. Those teams both have fantastic offenses as well, but it's the Kansas City Chiefs that lags behind these remaining teams in terms of a talent-wide roster, and it is that they're able to use the scheme. But I think that the pieces that they have on the field for Cincinnati, they did struggle with their injuries. They got healthy at the right time. I'm super excited to see them, and I don't know, was there any analysis of last night's game in there, or are we kind of mixing that into um, this week coming? But I just, I, I'm so, I'm so high in the um, Bengals because what they did was they did shut down a would-be extremely potent offense and held them to 10 points and made one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, a guy that people want to see for uh, MVP. They shut them down. Like they haven't had a run game. The bills we've known that even when they won, they didn't have a run game. It was all that Josh Allen was doing all their rushing yards. It's like they did shut it down. They did keep it to 10 yards. And now what does that mean for the bills? Like the bills are in an awful place now because at least last year when they lost in the um, game to the Kansas City Chiefs, it was that weird 13 seconds that Mahomes needed to tie the game and go to overtime and then they didn't get the ball back and then the overtime rules were changed. But it's like at least then they came into this year getting better, getting better pieces, the likes of Von Miller or what have you, and they are soaring high because they're thinking we got absolutely done. There's nothing that they got done here. They have Stefan Diggs storming out of the locker room afterwards because they're so fractured. I think it's going to be a terribly difficult offseason for them. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, Mikhail, because, you know, 
the Buffalo, a lot of people's favourites, the darlings of the league almost. And, you know, I think a lot mm. of people were, were rooting for them after what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And it was awesome to see him yesterday in a private box waving. I bet like the leader. See him through the snow. Yeah, a bit like the leader in The Simpsons, we have night the window. You, you couldn't actually see him, but obviously, continued prayers and so and, and hopes for him and his family. And um, I think you know, like it's for me, Michaela. It's it's looking at the final four teams here, and it's it's just the quality that is that still exists. You know, any matchup now in the Super Bowl, you'd be a happy, happy person. Like, mm. I think. The Bengals, you have to look at the way that Luyana Ramu set up his defense yesterday. Like, you know, he perfectly covered two thirds of uh, offensive dropbacks. He done it basically as a six point underdog in the game. Like the way that the defense was set up to just eliminate anything the Bills could do. Josh Allen, bar some plays, I mean, like, look, there were situations where balls were overthrown. There were situations where there were perfect passes being made. Sometimes when your luck's out, your luck's out. But this Bengals defense is, honest to God, really, really scary. Like if you know, you have to wonder how Lou Anarumo isn't, you know, hasn't already been took up by a team. You know, it hasn't been announced as a head coach for somewhere yet because the pressures, the pressure that he gave to Josh Allen yesterday, just from the defense, you know, blitz, 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 was class. And for me, it's like. If I'm Mahomes, Mahomes is like, say Mahomes is like 60% ready at the way. And we'll talk about this later on in the week. Mahomes is like 60%. Sweet Jesus, they're in trouble because he's going to have to be athletic. He's going to have to jump. He's going to have to find different ways in the ways that Mahomes can and be able to fire the ball down the field like a bullet. Like we've seen the pass to Kelsey the other day where he turns side and throws it. If he can't do that when he's got half a leg, he's got one leg. That's a concern. But the biggest the biggest takeaway for me yesterday, I said to Joe Burrow, Michaela, was just the defense. The, the defense was just unreal. And there, there's a reason why guys like Eli Apple were smoking cigars in, in the locker room last night. I think the points about, I think Mark was saying about the Chiefs being like the his fourth best team or whatever, or something along those lines. I think if we went back two years ago and, and said and looked at the Chiefs or two or three years ago when they were, you know, winning AFC championship games and, you know, they were Super Bowl winners and stuff like that. And you look at them now, they've definitely, I think, I know they're always in the game. They're always in the AFC championship game for every time Mahomes has started um and all the years he started but to me they've significantly regressed in terms of you know they don't have Tyron Matthew anymore they don't have Tyreek Hill it's kind of like I for example like you look at the 49ers and they're so good at like all their positions they have stars at every kind of nearly position they've you know Nick Boza they got Debo Samuel they got Christian McCaffrey and I'm kind of like if you and and they're winning games and they're in the NFC championship game with a third string quarterback so like I feel like if you were to put Brock Purdy into the Kansas City Chiefs because of Mahomes ankle injury I don't think they'd get very far because I don't think they have enough quality on uh, every other position I think they just get as far as they do because Mahomes is just exceptional now of this world but I definitely think the Bengals are going to be 
the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought the Bengals, like, it, I thought the game, yes, it was very, very hard to predict, but I went with the Bengals because there's just something about Joe Burrow. I don't know what it is. There's just something very, very special about him, even more so than, than Josh Allen. I think the Joe Burrow has proved himself a bit more. You know, he's, he's come back from an ACL injury. He's, you know, he's, he's gone to a Super Bowl, you know, and, and Josh Allen has been in the league a few more years than him. And it's like, Josh Allen can't get to the Super Bowl. And I think someone said, on Twitter, people were making fun of Josh Allen because it's like saying he's like the Harry Kane of the NFL. It's kind of like, yeah, he's a great player, but what has he actually done? Like he hasn't won MVP awards. He hasn't gone to the Super Bowl, hasn't won Offensive Player of the Year or stuff like that. So it's kind of like, I do understand that, but I think that's a bit of an insult to him. I do think the Bills will eventually get there, but I did touch on this last week as well about Josh Allen's demeanor and coolness. Remember, he kind of got into bit of a scuffle with the opposition last week and then you saw last night when he got his Russian touchdown he was kind of yelling and getting hyped up against against the Bengals defenders and I don't I, I genuinely don't know how the Bills can improve more because I think they definitely were f- were more full at positions than the Bengals and that's not to discredit the Bengals like they're obviously a great team and they obviously proved that yesterday they held the Bills to 10 points I don't know how they done that but um I, I don't know how the Bills can improve. Like, what do they have to? I, I suppose the biggest thing they can look at now is the run game. They should probably look at the run game. But it's kind of like, how can they improve themselves more, improve their positions to get them to the Super Bowl? It'll just be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. I would have loved to have seen Vaughn Miller there yesterday to see how he could have played. I mean, like, I guess Mark, they were decimated on their different positions, you know, and it was difficult for them. And I guess it sort of finally just came to boil. It just wasn't going to be there anymore for them. It's, um, I mean, Bills fans, but more so Bills players, Bills management will be absolutely gutted because you, you almost feel like they missed. You've they've almost missed a window, especially like- in the AFC because I I think Brady goes back to the AFC next year, goes to a team that could be a contender. It, it just keeps going and going and it's it's a different year every year it just seemed like this year was the year to go I just on what Michaela said I do agree I, I don't think the Chiefs are the same team than what they were two or three years ago I think what, what, what Mahomes has done excellent though is he's found different ways to evolve his game and then obviously what he's done so well this year is brought in different players the team have brought in different players on the offense and defense and they've evolved I, I think they're close enough to where they were I think you know I I can't write them off now because of the fact they'll probably win if I do say that, you know. I think they're built in the mold of the New England Patriots when they were doing well, fantastic quarterback, a, an offensive mind that was able to scheme up and relied all on obviously tight end play. Like, you know, you do see that there. You have to give Andy Reid insane credit because although Mahomes has like this insane arsenal that he's able to throw like from the hip and all this, it's just really weird. Um, I think, you know, I don't understand the whole Bengals being the underdog because you're basically taking Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid's mind versus this super stacked offense of the Cincinnati Bengals and um, the mind of Zach Taylor. But yeah, and I, I feel like we will get into that more during the week. But like going back to what Michaela said there about I think they'll make a Super Bowl. I think like, and and just piggybacking as well, you said it, Michael, about has this window closed? Like, this is obviously the window hasn't closed because Josh Allen is not going anywhere. But he was coming in. We saw the um, Trevor Lawrence is getting better, and um, we think that uh, Justin Herbert's going to be better. 
whoever the say Texans get in the draft, say, and whoever the Colts get, it's like all the QBs are in the AFC. So it's like, yeah, when Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow are there, it's like, look at Drew Brees. He got to one Super Bowl because he was always being kept out because there was just one other quarterback always around. It's like these good quarterbacks don't always get to the big game, which is really different, you know, the whole thing about Dan Marino. So I like you know, it was just it was there for them this year. That's if you're a Bills fan, you're devastated because at least last year you feel robbed. But you're like, no, like you you can't have any excuses. This is a typical season. Injuries happen. You had the game at home. You're supposed to know how to play in the snow better than anyone. They, it was wide open. They came into the season the red hot favorites. People had them at the power ranking power rankings every single year. Your Tampa Bay's weren't around. Your Rams weren't around. The Packers weren't around. All the guys that were supposed to be your competition, the LA Chargers, the Denver Broncos, they were all all supposed to be your competition this year. Didn't happen. So Buffalo only had to see off, and it's that's the problem. They're within the same conference: the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Bills. That. I think that they're going to have a serious he- uh, headache after this. I do think that there's going to be a hangover. I think, yeah, there's going to be a long off season. We're probably going to forget these narratives, but it's going to sting. Like Stefan Diggs does have to get that out of his system with Josh Allen. I, I don't like when there's an argument on the sideline because then when the players end up winning, we're able to brush it under the rug. But at the end of the day, they didn't win and he did try and storm out of the locker room. He was brought in momentarily afterwards, but he still apparently, or as the reports say, that Stefan Diggs was getting out of there. He didn't even want to get changed afterwards maybe that's true embarrassment because he's after uh hanging his quarterback out to dry the comments that you know josh allen suffer making are that they failed and that sense of failure doesn't sit well with these guys especially that they're going to have to mull it over for years or for weeks now and what was really going through my head was the detroit lions the Detroit Lions are so positive because they didn't get dumped out of the playoffs in bad fashion. We're going to think so positively of them because the last image that we saw them was them beating the Packers, us all feeling robbed that they didn't get to the playoffs. That's how you build positivity. That's how there's going to be a massive belief when the offseason program begins in whatever it is, April or May, whereas the Bills are going to have this sour taste in their mouth. And I think it's, you know, they're not going to have a massive turnover with their coaching staff or anything like that. Like, the people that are in the building seem to be in the building. It's the run game that you obviously have to fix, but that's easier said than done. And then it's like, do you add an, uh, another wide receiver? I think we're going to talk about this in a minute when we talk about the Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. But um, for all the positivity that comes around Cincinnati Bengals, and they're going to wet, ride that wave into the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think it's doubly as bad for the Buffalo Bills because they are absolutely deflated right now. Michaela, let's jump on that and then let's look at this uh, Niners-Cowboys game from last night. Really enjoyable game for a game that was low scoring. <laughs> Brock Purdy didn't have any passing touchdowns in the game. It was it was one of those sort of games. Um, I guess starting sort of the, for, for me, sort of observations on, on the game for me was, was Dak Prescott. By simply looking at the box score and seeing that he had two interceptions is one thing. Yes, his interceptions were very, very poor. There were two situations also outside of that where the ball should have been picked off and there should have been a pick six situation or a very, very large gain for the Niners. It didn't happen. The funny thing was, though, Michaela, that he he did make some really, really good gains down the field. Pollard going off injured was a, was a huge loss for them. Um, but the reality is, before I even talk about the Niners, the Cowboys choked. The Cowboys are going to be known as chokers until they do something about it. And questions now start to be asked about Doc Prescott. Questions are asked about Mike McCarthy. Uh, Jerry Jones coming out two weeks ago saying that he does not 
envisage a change of leadership in regards to management. I don't believe that for a second. I think that's complete bull. I think I don't think McCarthy survives this. And I'm intrigued to see what they do about the cap situation, about Ezekiel Elliott, about Pollard and his long-term future, but also more importantly about Dak Prescott. They've got a really, really good defense there. And that's why last night was so interesting. In a game where Brock Purdy did struggle to an extent with the defense that he went up against in terms of getting the ball down the field. Yes, George Kittle had a good game. Yes, Debo Samuel had a decent game in terms of getting the ball down the field. Christian McCaffrey had a quiet game. Elijah Mitchell, I think, was a leading rusher on the day. The Niners were still able to get it done. And that, for me, was the X factor in this game. It was grinding out those plays, grinding out those initial elements to try and get the ball down the field that little bit further. And they got there. On another day, I think a team better than the Cowboys, frankly, honestly, the Eagles. I think the Eagles would have beaten that Niners team last night comfortably, and I think that's what we'll talk about maybe during during the week. Um, but, you know, obviously Niners fans sitting with a first-string quarterback on a huge winning run, got great confidence. They'll be going into Philly this week, very, very high confidence. There's a lot of questions about the Cowboys going forward. All, all I know is the Niners, even with Brock Purdy, who's still, who's still learning, who's still developing. They've got a hell of an offense and a hell of a defense, and I am very much looking forward to seeing them play Philly on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. You can literally all roll back our other podcasts. I think I've said it a million times that the Cowboys are chokers. They never get past this game, and that Dak Prescott isn't going to be the one to lead them past this game. I think it was interesting that you said Mike McCarthy doesn't survive this. I genuinely think he does like he's a Super Bowl winning head coach you know he's had one of the best quarterbacks in the game in in Aaron Rodgers for me for first of all I think the run game is unbelievable in Dallas and the defense and even though they have so like they've CD Lamb they've Gallup they've Schultz they've all these great receiver weapons and they're st- they're just stuttering I feel like if anyone a quarterback if they Joe Burrow if they Justin Herbert they would probably be Super Bowl winners like this I I don't care much you've paid Dak I genuinely genuinely think they should look into trading him because I said it before, he's not, he's hit a ceiling. He's like, he, he had a great game last week. What did he get? The four touchdowns and he had the the one rushing touchdown. So five in total. And all the Dak lovers were like, oh yeah, look, he's, you know, this is a great week for us. Like he's had a great game. And I'm like, he's literally going to throw two interceptions next week. And he did. Like when I looked at the stats and I was watching the game, I was like, obviously, yeah, he had more interceptions than touchdown. Brock Purdy didn't even score a touchdown. And he still had more throwing yards than Dak Prescott. I can take like Michaela. I, I can take and I, I fully agree with what you said. Like I, I can take always Dak throwing one or two picks in a high, in a high profile, high tense game, but it's when he doesn't actually do much else in the game. If he had three you or could, four passing touchdowns last night, they, they would have won. If they had one more, it would have went overtime. I mean that that, that final play. I know Mark will talk about the second, but Michaela, like I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he'd be traded. I think there would be. I think I questions. Think I, I think he's got be... one more chance. I don't think he'll be traded, but I think for the sake of that organization and the sake of the players they have, they have Micah Parsons on his rookie deal. I think they should genuinely, they should have no kind of like uh, loyal. Like I think they've given enough loyalty to him. You know, he's had two really bad injuries like last year and this year he was injured at the beginning of the season. But I get like, if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd like literally be so fed up with him because you're paying him mad, mad money. And yet, 
he has the most interceptions in the league and he didn't even play as as many games as all the other quarterbacks. Like I literally do like I don't care if the guy throws, you know, like 30 touchdowns. If he has 20 interceptions, I'm still like, no, that's still too many interceptions. He should have 10 at most. So like if I'm a Cowboys fan or like just a general manager I'd be looking at him and be like no like I'm like literally you'd probably get a good pick from as well you could probably get a first rounder if you traded him to a quarterback needy team you could bring I'd love to see them just bring in somebody that has experience in kind of you know playoff situations having gotten their teams to Super Bowls like Jimmy G I think even he would probably be a step up even though you know when he, when he's in the 49ers he's more of a game manager but like I just, I'm I'm literally you know what it's better for me if Dak stays there because I'm an Eagles fan as long as Dak stays there they're always going to choke and not not go past the divisional round but I, I think the Cowboys would be really really scary if they actually had a good quarterback um and credit again the 49ers the the players showed up that needed to show up. Kittle catching the ball off his helmet. You know, McCaffrey getting his touchdown. Like, he literally gets a touchdown every game. So even though Brock Purdy wasn't throwing anything, the still important thing is I look at is like, okay, Brock Purdy did not throw any touchdowns, but he did not have any interceptions. Like, and inter- interceptions are really, are really big things for me. And it probably stems from the trauma of seeing Baker Mayfield throw so many ones when I was a Browns fan. It was just like, yay, great. He's thrown touch two touchdowns, but it was three interceptions of the game. It just never ends. So that's why I'm, I literally am unforgivable with quarterbacks if they're, you know, having a laugh with these interceptions. But all knew it was going to be the 49ers and the Eagles in the championship game and it's very very exciting Mark if the Eagles play like that next or if the Niners play like that next week they're going to get blown out aren't they yeah it was definitely the most difficult game I think their defense though is excellent that's why I think it's you know it's, I think the criticism and Dak Prescott is harsh I know that he's thrown way too many interceptions this year but you can also put it down to scheme um, Aaron Rodgers was well able to throw his interceptions his last couple of years with Mike McCarthy as well because he was asked to throw the ball into you know windows or whatever I do think there's a problem with uh, Dak Prescott but then equally I think when you bring up the point whether Mike McCarthy should be gone it's like okay the timeout at the end of the game that allowed for a passing down for San Francisco didn't make sense that's on the head coach and then the creativity and we'll get into it deeper in a second but the lack of creativity on the uh, literally the final play of the game like it was, it was supposed to look creative, but realistically, if you have a Kyle Shanahan or whatever in there, they they get give you something that actually might materialize. Whereas Mike McCarthy said it never got going. It never got going because it's an absolute crazy play. You didn't have offense any offensive linemen out there. You just line everyone up anywhere, and you're hoping that you're going to get some laterals or something along the way. So I do think that there is criticism criticism to be leveled against Mike McCarthy because he isn't on the sideline a, co- a coach that you think you can put a lot of faith in like the remaining quarter or um head coaches like Nick Sirianni all of them now at this point Nick Sirianni had his um questions around him for a time and so did Zach Taylor but I think they've graduated from that and you put a lot of faith in them that um at least the okay Dak Prescott does throw a, an interception in the end or in the red zone yesterday that is costly um, but what did they actually amount to it was three points in the end it was one field goal was scored off them yeah you could say that was a six point player or whatever if it doesn't go into the end zone but I think out of all of his performances I think that it's over the case of the year that you're unhappy with the interceptions by Dak Prescott but something that I did want to point out as a as a, as a whole um, when I'm watching the game particularly the end of it um, 
it brought me back to the, know, week three or week four when the Giants and Cowboys played. And in that game, CeeDee Lamb, towards the beginning, had a massive drop. In the first half, he had a massive drop. And I th- was thinking, how, you know, can you trust them now for the rest of the game? And it comes back yesterday when they're going for it at the end that Dallas has to win. Do they trust C.D. Lamb? Because he is their number one receiver. They moved on from Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb became the number one. To me, C.D. Lamb is more like a Marquise Brown. In Baltimore, he didn't seem like the guy you needed a number one across from him. He goes to Arizona. He's a number two guy. And you think he has all the potential in the world. But when it came to C.D. Lamb, well, I have his numbers in front of me. 13 targets, 10 catches. None of them came on the last two drives. He was done by then. They don't trust him. Who did they go to? Dalton Schultz, who I think he had something like eight eight targets or whatever. Four came on the last two drives, just like they did against the in the New York game. It was against the Giants that Dalton Schultz had the big gainer that um, set them up so that they could take the lead. So I was thinking it's kind of there's a chemistry issue there, and they they don't trust their number one guy. Like think of all the receivers over the years that go up and catch the big catch in the big games. They're your true number ones. And C.D. Lamb isn't the one that Dak looks to or is it the coach that makes the call. He's not looking to C.D. Lamb. And I thought that was very evident last night for me. Maybe it was something that I was looking for and it was confirmation bias. I don't think so because he goes to Dalton Schultz. We've seen that earlier on in the year that he's his safety blanket. Maybe it is because they're taking the, the, the shadower passes. So that got to me with the Dallas Cowboys, and I think that goes on Mike McCarthy as well more than you know other players. So I actually think that when you're talking about their weapons, I don't think that their receivers. I think because it's Dallas, the likes of Michael Gallup have been talked up for for years. He was a number two when Amari Cooper was in. They got CD Lamb. It's I think that because the market is so massive, we love these guys like Ezekiel Elliott. If he's in a smaller market, I don't think he is the same name. A lot of people are saying that Tony Pollard needs to be the number one. Dallas fans will say when you give him a full workload that he's not able to do it. So they need two complimentary guys. But it's like, yeah, they, they both complement each other because, you know, they don't have the star power. Ezekiel Elliott could get injured and it's like he's the he's the red zone threat, but you don't know if he's going to break off. So he they obviously do miss Tony Pollard when he goes out of this game yesterday. But again, when we start to turn it towards the 49ers and you start to talk about grinding out a win, let's look at their final few plays of the game. When you're saying that I don't have any faith in Mike McCarthy, what did the 49ers do? They started to run the ball like crazy they have cmc they have elijah mitchell they even have uzhak have to do a run so it's like what were their their final ones their third last drive their last drive we're going to write off because it, it doesn't really work for my stats but it's a last drive was an absolute disgrace like so, it was... right so I'll, I'll go through this real fast michael their third last drive the 49ers they had eight runs four passes it took 91 yards and six minutes ends in a td their second last drive seven runs five passes 64 yards eight minutes off the clock that's a proper head coach that's called shannon for you and that's why the 49ers advanced because if the offense isn't getting it done and it wasn't a brock purdy game yesterday it was called shanahan yesterday and that's why those head coaches give you so much confidence i think for me like the the last play Everyone's saying, "Oh well, it had to be set up in that way because you know the the chances of actually getting something there was shocking." I mean, if I'm if I'm any team that's interviewing Callum Moore, I'm going, I'm "Not giving him the head coaching job." I I um this team, I struggle with this team because frankly, if they were half decent last night, they would have won this game, and that is I I think that's a sackable offense in Dallas. I don't care what. 
whatever he is, Jerry Jones wants to say. He sacked different coaches for less than that. He's done crazier things for less than that. Um, I guess the last thing I will say is I think I think Zeke Elliott's done. The biggest highlight of his career was jumping in, jumping into a Salvation Army pot. Um, I think he got paid if ever there was one, right? He got he got paid, he got the bag, and he's done sweet family album since. Um, I think he's played his last game in Dallas, and yeah, I mean, obviously, I know I know McGillie, you said about Prescott. Uh, time will tell. T- time will tell what happens with, with Prescott. I think you'll look at Dallas uh, going after another elite player. Most likely, I think they need to go after somebody on their offense to try and tune it up a bit more. But they've got a lot of positives going on. The problem that Dallas have is they've got that hump of it's Dallas, it's the Cowboys. The expectation is always there. They need to find a way to buy into not believe in the hype and take it from there. But look, another year passes this by. Maybe at some point in their lives, we'll see Dallas win a Super Bowl. I was four years old when it happened, so I don't remember it. So, uh, put Sean Payton there. If it ever happened. Like, put, Sean Payton, that gives me all the confidence in the world, Michael. I think that he really can. I don't think Sean Payton answers the Dre Jones. I, I just don't think. Right. He... right so the, uh, yeah. Okay. So I guess this isn't an ideal world where I know that the GM and stuff or th- that kind of control might factor into it. But I do think, like, when you're talking about, like, I don't think the Cardinals give up. Look, the, the, as we speak, the Broncos have a second, um, a second interview with him. Maybe he ends up in Denver. But it's like, realistically, where would I like to see? It probably is Dallas because I think that is what's wrong. I think that he's able to look after Russell, uh, Dak Prescott. Um, look, that offensive line was winning at games for years in Dallas. Obviously, it's you know it's it's, it's on the downward. Those players are getting older. I, I Like, they can't go full rebuild. Of course they can't. But like, where did the off or where did the defense go during the year as well? Like Michael Parsons was apparently an MVP six, seven, eight, nine weeks in, and it did start to regress. Um, like there, there's more questions than just Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy that linger with this team. And because it's Dallas, it will get dissected every single which way for weeks and weeks and weeks now, uh, even though they shouldn't, you know, they, they shouldn't have, this game was closer than I thought it was going to be. I wasn't able to watch live. I got up too early in the morning. When I saw 19-12, I thought if you keep the 49ers to 12, 19 points, they were supposed to be an explosive offense. I know that we obviously know in this podcast, and if you're listening, that the the 49ers defense is a, a mighty challenge for any offense. But, um, you know, to keep it as close as they did, you know, they, they'll feel hard done by, by that. But this goes beyond... Dak Prescott, it goes beyond Brett, Brett Maher, you know, they were a good team, but they always had it in them this year to struggle. Like they, they had their blowouts, but they had their surprising losses too. For the Philadelphia game, when they beat Philadelphia there towards the end of the season, we were still shocked. You know, it did, they, you know, went right down to the wire. So while they were close, I think that the right team won. Michaela, anything else to add from yourself before we wrap this podcast up? It was obviously a really enjoyable weekend. Great to chat to you on Sunday morning. And I think the games on Sunday were a lot more enjoyable on Saturday, personally. Yeah, I think there was more at stake. Um, I think, yeah, like I don't think it was like literally a coin flip between the two teams on Sunday, where it's kind of like the Chiefs and Jaguars. Like, yeah, we all kind of had a feeling that the Chiefs would win. But like when we were put, with like the Bengals and the Bills are all kind of like oh, like that's literally a flip of a coin and then everyone was kind of like 
hyping the Cowboys up and, you know, the 49ers are like one of the best teams. They're consistently one of the best teams in the league. Like, look, look how they started this season and they went out and made big trades for Christian McCaffrey. And then they, you know, they have to start Brock Purdy and they're still somehow probably going to be in this. No, they're not going to be in the Super Bowl because they're playing the Eagles, but, you know, they'll be the in the NFC Championship game. And that's really, really well like that's impressive for for all the stuff they've had to go through this season but I don't know final thing what can I say I'm going to just say preview for our next one it's going to be a Bengals Eagles Super Bowl I will jump in real fast and I'll actually say because we've been talking throughout this podcast that the Bengals have actually now gone in they're now the favorite for that game for the Chiefs so uh, that's how it's moving I wonder is, is that could be something to do with Mahomes injury but um yeah, Very the price yesterday was the time to go with a chair plus one. Well, I, I love how McKeela's already ruined her pick for Thursday. I'm joking. But I, I'd be interested if she I think I've said in. it before. I think I've yeah, said it like right. last I say it like every podcast. Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh here it's gone. No, here look, folks. Um great crack chatting to you and obviously great to break the to break the um break the action down. Obviously, just folks to thank everyone that's been listening to this podcast, charting in the top 15 or 20 in Ireland. In the first three months of this existence, with two live shows at Jeff Ryan Bowl next week, credential for Arizona for Super Bowl LVII 57, I want to say. Gonna get in trouble here. Is incredible. Um I'm going genuinely. on I'm going on Ian Dempsey next week, Michael, Lovely. to talk about our little journey here. Um and us going to the Super Bowl. So I think it is funny. I was asked today. Um, to go on it and it peaked behind the scenes I am involved with the Ian Dempsey show you might hear me on it in the morning but they said like they wanted to put and I was thinking how do I tell them we've achieved all of that we've achieved in a couple of months it's pretty crazy it's been it's been a wild ride but it's been great sharing it with uh, the the both of you and I think it's a testament to the fans in Ireland north and south of the border just you know how 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 much this game is growing. So uh, we'll, we'll be back during the week to look at the NFC and AFC Championship games. Looking forward to it. Uh, for now, from Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, Michaela Fink, and Jatty Sim, it's long time.